Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hi, and welcome to the Tube to Table podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about drinking and its role in the process of weaning your child from their feeding tubes. I'm Jenny, and I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Heidi. Hi there, Heidi. How are you? Hi, Jenny. We are doing okay. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy time. We were, we've been um, thinking about our listeners um, because I think everybody's having a hard time, but it's very much in our hearts and minds that our families of children with feeding tubes and other um, special things going on are probably really feeling the brunt of that. And so we're sending you a big, gigantic virtual hug and just a quick message that, um, you know, what happens, and this is true for kids with tubes and without, but what's more important than what your kids are eating or how much they're being tube fed or how much they're taking by mouth is the comfort and um, security and attachment they feel to you. And so that trumps everything during a time like this. And um, also there's a lot of evidence to show that mental and emotional well-being make other things easier. So hang in there, hug each other. This probably isn't a time to like just decide to dive right into weaning if you weren't already started and hadn't already come up with a plan with your medical team. Maybe it's a great time to get information and map out a plan and start the building blocks. But just know that the most important thing is that you guys are okay, doing everything you can do to stay okay and keep your kids in a safe and healthy place. And the rest, there'll be a time and a place for Yeah. And one of the things that's occurred to me is times like this remind us that we're stronger than we think. Mm -hmm. You know, people who have kids with feeding tubes, you already have come through some hard things Mm -hmm. or you wouldn't have ended up with a a feeding tube situation. And so just yeah, remember that you've come through this. Mm -hmm. You are strong and you can do this and you know how to weather this better than a lot of people. And 99% of you, if not all of you, have uh, didn't, none of this was foreseen. It was all mm-hmm. uncharted waters. And that's what this is. And so we're all in it together. And just from our standpoint, if you guys have any specific questions about feeding your tube-fed kids or feeding your family during this time, um, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. Just um, look for us on both of those um, platforms. And then also you can email us at thrive by spectrum pediatric. I'm sorry, excuse me, thrive at spectrum pediatrics.com. And if you have a topic that you need help with, or just a general question, we would love to make ourselves available to problem solve through some of that. So we're, our thoughts are with you guys. We're, we're all in this together. We'll be here for questions if you need them. And in the meantime, we're going to keep on going and get back to business because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And one of the things that we want to talk about is drinking and some things to consider when you're weaning your child when it comes to learning to drink. And we've talked a little bit in another episode about hydration and water and the importance of that. 
in this episode, we want to talk about a little bit more of like the practical learning to drink pieces of the puzzle. And so one of the first things that we would say is aside from which we've covered before that drinking tends to come for many kids, not all kids, second. Um, Aside from that, it's just important to know that when we introduce anything, whether it be a cup, a bottle, a spoon, a syringe in some cases, a mug, whatever the case may be, um, that whatever it's, how it's being presented is more important than what's being presented and the vessel that it's being carried in. So just making sure that getting back to basics and making sure your child is interested by looking at their demeanor, looking for initiation cues, are they reaching, are they looking at it, that trumps everything. Um, We're going to get into some details in terms of stuff, but that is always the most important element. And in terms of following the kids' cues, we have seen almost in every case what they're interested in is what you're drinking. Yes. Is in what their family members are drinking or what their siblings are drinking. Most of the kids do not get interested in a kid's cup unless it's a brother or sister's. Yes, that's kids so cup. true. So, so there's a couple of reasons for that. Their safety, if they see you and their siblings doing it, they feel like, oh, it must be safe because they're doing it. And generally, the coffee mug that mom's drinking out of or the to-go Starbucks cup or, you know, I don't the know. water bottle. The water bottle or whatever the case may be, those things don't carry the weight or the negative associations that perhaps the spoon or the bottle or the sippy cup might because they've been worked on liquids. So, and generally, liquids have been worked on for a long time before you get to this point. And so those two things are really important to consider. It doesn't carry as much weight and it doesn't like negative weight and negative baggage. And then also it feels safe by association because you're, you're telling them that if you're doing it, it's okay for you and it's okay for your family members. So one of the things that we see a lot is that kid, that pe- kids will reach for things that maybe are not age appropriate. <laughs> things like a huge coffee mug. Um, that's really a big one actually, or a big water glass and they're just a baby. It's funny because we've actually seen, Jenny, lots of kids learn to drink their first sips from the caps of water bottles, wine glasses, <laughs> shot glasses. Yes. Martini glasses. So true. Things that- <laughs> oh, we have so many pictures of so many odd drinking things. And the kids thought they were just a big deal. Right. And really enjoying the experience. Um, so at first it felt really funny, but then we realized that the novelty and the imitation was, yeah. Super important. Yeah. Well, and so one of the things to think about it when you're consider like you have to let go of a couple of different expectations when you let go of the age appropriateness or um, the kind of what you wish your kid was drinking out of or what you thought they might want to be drinking out of and let it all go and just accept what they seem to be interested in when the time comes and you start cutting um, liquids and, and food by tube. One of the things that happens is it's really a mess. It's a big, giant mess usually in the beginning because they don't know how to do it. And so everything's clunky when we're learning how to do something. And so that's one thing that we like to give people um, a little just space to explore Um, the fact that their kids may need some time with an open cup. And as long as they're safe and you've talked to your medical providers about how to keep them safe, it may be that they choose an age-inappropriate activity 
that gets them to have a positive relationship with that thing because it's fun and on their terms. And then it can transition later either into them getting the skills to use that in a more effective way or a more age appropriate thing like a a cup, a to-go cup for a kid. Um, And then the other thing we see sometimes is kids drinking odd stuff. (laughs) Not always, you know, water (laughs) tends to be a a pretty common um, early one that's received, though not universally. But most of our kids don't start with the thing that you need them to take the most of, or you think you need them to take the most of, like the dairy, the formula, the stuff that you would be like, oh, if they just drank that, I know they have so much of their calories that they're not getting by tube. Usually it's going to be something like um, water, or in some cases we've even had kids like lunch for their parents, coffee or soda, which of course we're not going to encourage you guys to like feed them tons. But if they have a positive experience with one thing and you can put decaf coffee in your cup or make sure that you have apple juice instead of whatever in your, you know, whatever you don't want them to have in your juice, it just allows them to have a positive experience, even if it might not be the end goal substance in the cup or in the, in the, you know, bottle or whatever it is you're offering it to them in. So that's just important to kind of keep in mind. It's almost, it almost doesn't matter too much what they're drinking out of and what's in it. It matters so much more that they're initiating and that we're following their lead. That, and then of course, the thing that matters more than all of that is safety, which we've talked about in previous episodes. So go back to listen to the, the safety parameters ones, if you guys have any questions about that. Um, And then Heidi, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of like straws and, you know, uh, some some of our tricks aside from like shot glasses, martini glasses, um, we've had kids really young do things um, that they have no business doing because it feels safe. And straw drinking is a funny, a funny skill. Straw drinking is great for most of our tube fed kids Um, as they start learning to drink. It's hard. It's, it's tricky to figure out a straw. But they like sitting up better than they like laying back for a bottle um, in most cases. And so something that you can drink sitting up and, the, and sippy cups are just tricky in terms of balance and things. And open cups obviously are messy. So straws is a lot of um, where we end up going. And there's, a, you know, people do well with uh, or kids do well with playing with it a little bit first. And when you put your finger on the bottom of it and tip a little bit into their mouth if they seem interested is helpful for some kids. It's not for others. Um, but they, uh, the, a straw drinking is a great direction to go. Um, if they're doing pouches, that's a nice little introduction to a straw and rounding your lips around it. Yeah. You could thin out a puree. If they start liking purees and pouches, you could thin it out. There's, they even make refillable pouches. We'll, we'll try to link to that in the show notes. And then Heidi has this special gadget that has been, we've talked about in one other episode, which is the, the straw valve. By Arc Therapeutic. Yeah. We'll link to that too, but that seems to make straw drinking more attainable to kids. Um, that have either they are younger or they have immature motor skills. It can just make the less difficult. It's helpful to, it keeps the liquid at the tip of the straw. Um, and it makes it a consistent pull, so to speak, every time. So for kids having a hard time learning, it's not like the typical too much, not enough feeling that you get from learning to drink from a straw. So it's, it's very helpful for consistency. Yeah, it can be. One thing to consider when you're choosing like the a cup once your kid has the hang of a little bit or has expressed interest in a liquid, any liquid is fine in the beginning as long as it's safe for their health. Um, 
is just thinking about where you're headed. So if you could have, like look into the future and think about six months from now or a year from now, what kind of um, cup or bottle are they going to be drinking out of? Choose some, try something that's closer to that, even if you could modify it to make it easier. So like a lot of times we have people go to a straw cup because Big Brother's using a straw cup and they have a ton of them at home or um, it's similar to the water bottle that mom or dad use. It's okay to think about ease first and your kids are going to let you know if it's too much, it's too much. You can always back down a little bit, but it helps to think about kind of the developmentally appropriate future so that you're minimizing the amount of transitions. If you work really hard to get your kid on a certain specific specialty cup, then in three months when they're doing better developmentally and have made new skills, then you're going to have to take them off of that or work on getting them onto a more developmentally appropriate thing. So one piece of advice that I give people is try something that's a little bit above their skill level that's new and different. And maybe they've seen other big people kind of drinking out of successfully. And if it doesn't feel safe or it doesn't work, then back yourself down. That's a good order, I think, to go in. I think we balance that as as therapists who work with kids developmentally on not putting too big of a challenge in place. So it can be, you know, you're, you are going to have to play with them things a little bit and just keep balance that, like you said in the beginning, Jenny, that your expectations, you're going to have to let go of some of those things. So it makes sense to start higher but you're also going to have to accept it if that's too high. Um, it's, it's a bit of a balance for sure. But um, your child, if you follow their lead, it's it, it will lead you where you need to go. Yeah, I really well, that really is universally the case with the kids that we work with. And so, you know, in terms of, of drinking, it's complex. Heidi's talked about this in other episodes. The mechanics of drinking, the safety of drinking is complex. It makes sense that we should regulate our expectations and that kids aren't going to get the hang of the age-appropriate stuff or the age-advanced stuff right away. It's going to take time, exposure, and positive association. And if they're having fun with it and they're interested in it, you're doing it right. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's what we're going for here. So, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and drinking might take longer than you think. Yeah. Some kids get it quickly. Some kids, it takes a long time. Yeah, some kids have that magical one sip moment and most kids don't (laughs) most kids it takes a minute um even kids who've done it before yeah even kids who've been drinkers and then they stopped yeah and so it can be really hard for parents in that situation to be like but he's not really drinking with a cup he's just like mouthing the straw or spitting it all out or you know just swishing it around and not really doing anything with it those, those can be really positive building blocks to a child finally saying, all right, I'm going to let my guard down here and I'm going to actually take some. So spend a little bit more time in that kind of limbo land than you think you need to, because it usually is the trick to getting kids to drink a little bit more volume. And I think that's it for today. So just remember, you guys, if you like what you're hearing here today, to um, like us or review us and give us your opinion wherever you Uh, listen to your podcast. And please, if you have anything that you want to hear more of or a topic that you haven't heard that you'd like to hear, or if you need any help, just feel free to reach out to us um, in the ways we talked about at the top of the show. Um, We hope your family is well and that you stay well. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tube to Table podcast. Every week, we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. 
In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum. And on Twitter, you can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week. 